my football bestie, Mr. Ben Swig. Uh, I come with presents. I know you do. Um, very excited about this, too. Yes. Uh, on hold right now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Fresh off the stage. Fresh off the stage in Dallas. Uh, and thank you, Ben, and thank you uh, for calling in. It is Rondé Barber. It is really Rondé Barber. Rondé, are you there? Hey, hey. Yeah, what's going on, guys? There he goes. There he goes. All right. You there? Y'all haven't figured, figured out how that board works over there on the... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a really tall, weird guy running the board right now. So. Hey, uh, Hoppy, if you could turn him up a little bit. I don't pop, know. A lot yeah. of it, yeah. Pop that foam pot up, Hoppy. All right. R- Rondé, how's the, how, how was the go. atmosphere? There, there we go. go. How was the atmosphere out there in Dallas? Atmosphere is fantastic. You know, it's, uh, you don't get a real sense of it on TV, but, you know, they kind of separate all the, the floor people on the floor in little pods. So it's like a bunch of different, you know, all 32 teams in little pods of people. So you might think that it's like all these Dallas fans. It's really, I mean, there's Bucks fans there all over the place. And it's cool. It's uh, it's only about half of the stadium. I know they said there's 100,000 people in there, but it's really only about half of the football stadium uh, that you get to see off some TV. It's cool, though. Great, great time. So what do you, uh, when you look at the Bucks draft, what are, what are your takeaways? Well, the biggest is uh, their biggest pick. I mean, this kid, this kid Bidavaye, is uh, he's something special. And you know, um, Jimmy Lake, who's just now the DC up there in Washington, he was yeah. telling me about this kid uh, about a month ago and said he, he, he changes your team. He changes the way you play defense. Um, you know, at 347 pounds and six <laughs> four. I mean, that's not a that's not small human by any stretch. I mean, he'll be the biggest guy on our defense. I mean, he'll, 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 he'll notice it significantly when he gets in the, in the huddle. Is he, uh, what was the, uh, the uh, Shelton, the other guy from Washington, the other t- uh, technique? Uh, Danny Shelton. Yeah. Is he that size? Yeah, Danny Shelton. Yeah, he, he's that. He's Haloni Nata-like. Um, you know, just he wins by, by, by presence alone at times. But he's got some quickness and speed and, uh, you know, for a guy that big running – you know, five one. I mean, that that immediately makes your your team different. So, I mean, I think the Bucks did a great job this offseason. Obviously, you know, using uh, a third round pick to get JPP. So essentially, you're saying your third pick that they don't have in this draft is Jason Pierre-Paul. And I think we'd all take that any day of the week. And then go and get Vinny Curry. So they they've upgraded. I mean, they're they're they they made the right decision. It's got to translate onto the field now. Now, as um. As a who should already be in the Hall of Fame defensive back yourself, played 16 years <laughs> in the league, you. and you played with arguably the greatest defensive line to ever uh, be placed on the field. Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't realize how important it is to a corner and to the safeties to get that pass rush. Now, do you think this is going to be an immediate impact and take a little relief off of a, a pretty depleted defensive backfield that now we're building through the draft? You think it'll be a little easier to throw some some rookies in there along with Brent Grimes and Hargraves and have that rush take some of the pressure off? I, I, I'd be lying if I said uh, uh, Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice and you know Greg Spires and Anthony McFarland when he was in there for us. Those guys didn't help my career. I mean, they certainly did. Um, but we worked very well in concert together at the back end. But we all knew that it started up front. I mean, all good defenses start up front. It's just... It's, it's like the number two axiom in football uh, that, that it starts in the trenches. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I appreciate what guys up front can do. 
but they still need to develop talent in the, in the back end of their defense. You know, Vernon Hargrave, you know, he has to come into his own. I mean, I mean period. I mean, he's in his third year, and I'm not saying that he's not going to do that this year, but he missed a lot of last year. Uh, I think the kid's got a chance. I'll still, I'll still talk positively about him because I see his tape and he does good things. He just needs to be more consistent. But going out and getting um, these two DBs, these two corners, really big corners too. I don't yeah. know if they really played that up on on TV, yeah, but these are big one. guys who can play hybrid position. Yeah, hybrid position. They can play safety. Both of them have got experience playing inside at nickel. Um, so they not only did they get better and added some depth, they added some versatility in the secondary. And, Hey, that, 20, that can only make you better. Hey, 20, what's the, uh, the learning curve or, or, or the development uh, timetable of a cornerback? So, I mean, you know, you hear That's wide receivers, question. three years. I mean, at yeah. what point did, yeah. did, does a cornerback find his stride? Well, for me, it was, you know, really the end of my second year. You say the beginning of my third year, 99, is when I was, I was flying. I know exactly what I wanted to do. And it, I think it really depends, uh, Ben, on – where you're, what they're asking you to do. Now, if you get some corners to come in the league, and if their skill set is, you know, you know, speed, long arms, you can put them in right away if they're playing online scrimmage. But right. like the, the, the nuances of the game are hard to even describe. Uh, for what I learned, how long it took me to learn. But I mean, it was it was it was two years before I really felt comfortable being able to read offenses from a back pedal position, being on the bail from the line of scrimmage, and still see what's going on. You know, with the play-action pass, I was back. So, I mean, that stuff takes time. I mean, it's reps, time on pass. You know, it's failing. You know, learn by failure a lot in the NFL. Um, so if you have the talent, the DBs have talent. If a DB has talent, I'd say it's about two and a half, three years. Um, so, uh, go ahead. I'm going to say, now, when you came in the league, you had uh, a lot of guys, uh, veterans like uh, Donnie Abraham and guys like that. Now, how much could a guy yeah. like Brent how much could a, like, uh, Brent, a guy like Brent Grimes help with these guys developing yeah. in, in the next yeah. year? Yeah, not only, you know, talking it through, you know, help, you know, helping them, you know, figure out the, you know, the technique things, but just by osmosis, man. I mean, I learned so much, not only like a Donnie Abraham, but like uh, uh, but from, from John Lynch, from Hardy Dickerson, who were leaders on him, just watching the way they go to work. Right. Um, this is a guy in Tampa when I first got here. And nobody remembers him because he's only here for a couple of years. His name was Anthony Parker. Ben knows this. Yeah. Talk about this all the time. But Anthony Parker had played about 11 years, I think, in the NFL. He had, I think, he, the only person at the time that had more touchdowns than him from deep to the back was Deion Sanders. And nobody wow. knew who he was. But this guy was just a, a long-term vet, knew the business, knew the game. And I do. I was in his hip pocket, man. He's the one that really taught me how to play golf. I mean, he took me to golf course every Friday. Wow. Uh, but but the things that I learned on the football field from this guy just really translated, and it helped me, you know, accelerate my my progression. So by the time I was got, by the time I got my opportunity, actually he got hurt. I got my opportunity. He never got his job back. Yeah, he never but, got his job back for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> but, the story, but the story is that I just followed him. I did everything he did. That but if I could do what he did, maybe do it a little bit better, you know, have that. If I can just have that career, I'll be a great football player. And you have a guy like Burke Grimes in your, in your locker room that, you know, had unfettered success for years, been through, fought through injury, um, you know, bounced around a couple of teams. With a guy, his, his, his knowledge and his expertise is invaluable.
Ronde, what do you remember from draft day? I mean, as far as the, uh, the the feeling you had come draft day, I know you were a third-round pick, but kind of walk us yeah. through your emotions before and after you got picked on draft day. Yeah, well, I think you guys remember, but a lot of people, the younger guys, don't even remember what the draft was like without this hype, man. This is, <laughs> this is the biggest hype show I have ever seen. And, I mean, granted, it's, it starts for these kids nowadays in high school. You know, uh, you, you know what you know what uh, kid going to your college. You know everything about him before he even gets there. So you mean that is just exponentially more so uh, on on this level in the NFL. But for my draft day, uh, I mean, I was uh, I was in Charlottesville. Uh, Tiki and I were hanging out with a, another buddy of ours. Tiki got drafted sixth pick in the second round, the New York Giants, and you know we were all happy for him. We, we weren't at dinner. We ended up going to dinner about an hour after he got drafted. I'm just sitting there waiting. And, you know, there was some anxiety there. I mean, I, I left school early. I was a, uh, a fourth, uh, uh, a redshirt uh, third year when I when I decided to leave. So I could have stayed another year, but I made the decision to leave. And, you know, you're sitting there, your brother's already drafted. <laughs> you know, a couple oh, hours. Oh, God! <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> what am I doing? Um, but then, you know, uh, Tony called me. Bucks called me. Put me on the phone. Tony, finally, we're going to make you the the, uh, the, the the our second third round pick Frank Middleton, if you remember, got drafted in yeah. early in the second in the third round that day. Um, and it was it wasn't so much elation and excitement. It was it was like relief and now I'm ready to go to work. Now I got something to prove and my decision was was the right decision. So um, I, it, it dreams come true today. I mean, and some don't. I mean, I you guys uh, weren't 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 uh, they didn't. On TV, they didn't show, but the kid Connor, uh, the offensive lineman uh, that Dallas took, played yeah. the Yeah, we kind of made fun of him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but we're sitting in the green room there. There's all these legends. I mean, legends of the game sitting in there. But Danny and Thomas, I'm sitting next to Michael Vick. You know, uh, uh, you know uh, Rob, Rob Woodson's in there. And this kid is sitting in the green room. You could tell he was been there yesterday. Didn't get drafted in the first round. And we go through about, I don't know, 20-something picks, and he's still sitting. Just look on his face is uh, is just anguish. Yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, he gets the call. Dallas is going to pick him. And I'm sure they showed the pictures of him crying, and emotion was there with his family. I mean, I mean that's what it's like. It's like relief. It's like, you know, I, everything that I've been through, uh, you know, the preparation, the blood, blood sweat, tears, uh, the cliche stuff uh, is finally being translated. Now I get my opportunity. Uh, and he just let it all out. I mean, that's that's really what it's like. It's it's a great feeling. And uh, but that being said, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of guys that aren't going to get drafted. Um, yeah, so, I, mean, so I know the, I'm not taking up a lot of your time here, but hold on, I got no, one. No, 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 no. You, you believe me. So, this the uh, well, speaking of the the, the the green room, they just showed uh, Shaquille, Shaquille Griffin. And, uh, that, that was going to be that was going to be my story. So yeah. right before I left, I, I did uh, the the. 63rd pick for the box. I was walking out. My wife called. He was like, hey, you should go say hi to Shaquem and Shaquille. They're both sitting there and with their mother. And, you know, obviously there's a connection because uh, I know Scott Frost, who was his coach last year, their right. linebacker coach last year, uh, who was who played with us in Tampa. Uh, so I went up and introduced myself. And I told him, like, look, man, I was a third-round draft pick. I know you have patience. I've heard your story a thousand times, man. But just keep fighting. Keep believing that you're gonna that it's gonna happen for you. Hey, it was a preseason. Said thank you. And, you know, I, I hope the best for him. But he's still sitting in the green room. Yeah. You know, waiting for that dream to happen. So. 
Uh, I'm excited about somebody taking a chance on him. Those are one of the storylines that, that people want to follow. And I think you talk about the hype machine. I think one of the pluses that we have with all the information we have uh, readily available to us is it gives us something to do in the offseason when football's not being played. We get to kind of yeah. get involved. It's almost like a real reality show with all these kids coming out of college. Um, but, but, yeah, with Shaq... Where do you think a team – what team do you think is going to take a chance on him? Um, you know, somebody that doesn't need to fill the need, you know, because I think Shaq has a – he, he continues to defy odds. I mean, obviously, he's yeah. to play a right. quit, you know, decided to come back. He's the player of the year in that conference or whatever. Um, it's, it's an inspiring story, and I think it would take a brave general manager to pick him in the third round right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody yeah. to say, look – the story is bigger than the player's disability, uh, and we're going to go with him. That being said, the guy's a good football player. Just put the tape on. The guy right, is right. Yeah. Every, everywhere, regardless of his limitations. His and I would, I would have – yeah, it's 4-3. I mean, but I mean, his, his brother's a corner, right? He's, so, he's so, aerodynamic. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's, 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 he's fighting to put keep that weight on him. He could be a smaller guy, uh, but he's got to play linebacker because of his disability. But, look, the guy, I think a guy, a team that could use him situationally, know that he can play special teams, know that you're going to get a guy that appreciates his opportunity. Like, right. truly loves his opportunity, loves football. You're in a thousand percent out of every single day. A team that wants that in their locker room takes them. Well, I, don't, I don't know who I don't know who that would be. And that's one thing that I, I think we, t- we we talked about a little bit yesterday. And you understand the importance of uh, of a guy like that in the room, uh, you know, in the linebacker room or the defensive room or the locker room. Yeah. Uh, and what a big impact you know he he could make to a team. Quite frankly, like the Bucks, who you know have I don't know, locker room issues or, or or leadership issues or whatever it is, but it, there's that. There, there, there's that issue too that I think it would be very valuable to the team. I mean, how, how, what's your excuse, right? I mean, when you see that guy out there busting his ass with right. one hand, yeah. What's your yeah. excuse? You're exactly right. You know, I can't. I can't say any. I can't say it any better than you just did. And uh, I mean, just from a from a from a football story perspective, I mean, you could talk about a lot of this draft. Quarterbacks getting drafted, you know, four in the top ten or whatever. The storylines associated with that and. Yeah, what are, what are the other big stories? Which Saquon Barkley, if this kid gets drafted, when this kid gets drafted, I believe someone's going to take him. I think it, it it sits right up on top with all those stories to me. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you had to make a, a call right now, uh, knowing the Bucks' needs, who, what do you, wh- which way do you think they go with this next pick? Well, they uh, well they're not on the clock, are they? Are they, they they're all oh, fourth the round, right? Yeah, I think we got 117 as the next pick. Yeah, well, yeah. they the well, it's just yeah. funny cuz you, you were talking about giving rid of a third round for uh, uh JPP. JPP and uh, JPP. brilliantly, yes. you know, Jason Light got that, you know, in in New England fashion almost got that pick back and still got the guy that yeah. they wanted a cornerback. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they you, got their you, third. You want to hear some you want to hear some trade stuff that goes on like New England, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Attention how many times New England traded so they have the legends doing the second, third round pick. So, um, oh god, who's the uh, uh, branch? Dion branch, Dion branch is there? Is their legend? Dude, they call him up to the stage, off the stage, up to the stage, off the stage, <laughs> five times. <laughs> finally, That's you know, we trade, we trade with New England. I'm like, dude, I get to go up there, but he's like, man, this is crazy. 
he goes up there and, and does that. But, yeah, the uh, Jason's done a great job, man. I mean, I think they feel that this has to be the year um, for a lot of reasons uh, on, this, on this football team. And your quarterback's in, in a position now where he has to start carrying the team. And the excuses are over for everybody, right? Um, uh, and they need to win. They, they, they've accumulated enough talent. Um, uh, but that talent over the past two years hasn't translated into, into a playoff berth. And, I, I mean, it just feels like it, it has to be the year. So I'm excited for what they've done, to be honest with you. And I'm yeah. somewhat of a homer, even though I'm an analyst for Fox Sports. I'm still a homer for the Bucks. I did a preseason game. Um, I, I have uh, an affection for them, and I, and I want to see them do well. And I like those guys, Mike Greenberg, you know, John Spitek, you know, Mike Beal, the guys that make the decisions in there. Those are my friends. So I want right. to see them succeed. Uh, and I was uh, I was happy with uh, with their direction this offseason. It seems to me that their draft they they put together a good draft board, uh, and they got exactly what they wanted out of their first uh, at first five picks. Well, that voice uh, in through your speakers is the one only uh, Tampa Bay legend Rondé Barber, who uh, got got uh, the shaft last year up in uh, Chicago. Flew him up there to to, to pick the. Uh, second round pick yeah. and then they traded the pick but you they, they got you back and they gave you they gave you three uh three picks this year yeah. and uh yeah uh, I, I thought it was funny how you uh kind of subtly said that there goes the uh comeback rumors because they you, yeah right they drafted two <laughs> cornerbacks back to back so i guess uh, you'll be sticking in the booth this year at fox again huh uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm glad you got my reference yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm glad because now I got a you know go- I, golfing partner. I, I back. think our next goal for Rondé Barber is that gold jacket. That gold jacket. And I I know uh, my buddy Ira Kaufman is going to going to bat for you, and he was so aggravated that you didn't get higher uh, consideration yeah. this year. But know that that, uh, that we are huge fans of yours, and I'm a lifelong Bucks fan, born and raised, and. Uh, it means a lot for you to call into the show tonight. Really appreciate you, Rondé Barber. And any yep. any any chance I could ever talk to you again would mean the world to me. So thank you, Ben Swig, for the hookup. Uh, right. Rondé Barber, thank you so much. And great job. Let me just tell you a little side story about right. how much Rondé Barber loves doing radio. Yeah? All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you know Let's hear I mean, it. <laughs> this is my best friend, right? And I've been on the radio with, with the bone for three years. Hey, hey, Rondé, you want to call on the radio today? I don't do radio. Oh boy, I'm not. <laughs> I don't do. You know, Rodney wasn't the best around the uh, the the press room at the Bucks. But there he is on the Johnny B. Show. Yeah, there he is on the Johnny B. Show. Won't Perfect. call on the Mix the Swig Show, but we'll call on the Johnny B. I'm putting show. Putting it on my Wikipedia page right now. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it, Rodney. Love, love you, brother. Thanks, man. Have a great night. Yeah. See you guys. Love you guys. Yeah. Thanks, man. Rodney Barber, everybody.